Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 1-31-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and three activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback from the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Finsider with the PH. Hey guys, welcome back to another Finsider podcast. This week's show probably be a little boring as we struggle to find any Miami Dolphins news out there to discuss. The offseason is so slow. Of course, if you have things on your mind, you can always call the show. Give us a call, 347-326-9461. 347-326-9461. You can also hit us up on the thread running over on thefinsider.com. And you can always hit us up on Twitter also, at thefinsider. Let's give a welcome to James, and is that Duke that just came in? Yes. How are you guys tonight? Well, I'm well. Good. You guys uh, as bored with this off season as I am and ready for something to start? Yeah, it's been really it's been really slow. I wish Twitter would post something <laughs> now and then. <laughs> so, obviously we're being a little facetious here tonight because the last 24, 48 hours have been absolutely ridiculous as a Dolphins fan. Across the NFL as a whole, but really, Dolphins fans have or the Dolphins have taken free agency to another level this year. I, I I don't even know what to make of it or what to think of it. It obviously the the first signing was Mike Wallace, and he he's what set up everything else. But I don't think anybody saw Ellerby and Wheeler getting signed. Chris Clemens getting re-signed was a great move. So I think as a whole, this free agency period right now, without any other moves, was amazing. And there will be more moves, I'm sure. I really am starting to think Jake Long ends up back in Miami. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Smith ends up back in Miami. But I think that uh, I think and this Dustin, and Dustin Keller is in the building as well. Yep, Dustin Keller's down in Miami right now. So I think as a whole, this has been an amazing free agency period. I think looking at it, the fact that they're doing all of this and keeping the cap number low, and obviously when you say that, you have to know that in later years, those cap numbers will become really, really big. 
But that's when you either cut the guy, just eat the dead money, you trade him and eat some dead money, or you restructure his deal. And all of these guys are young enough that you can restructure the deal. So I think the Dolphins are doing an outstanding job right now. What, what, what did you put in the microwave there, Duke? I didn't have anything in the microwave. Was that you, James? No. Oh, I thought I heard somebody put something in the microwave. It's your phone, man. I told you there's something going on there. It might be. Something weird's happening. I got it. But Well, uh, a couple things about what you're saying. That, yeah. Um, number one, I read a tweet that said, based on the way these deals are kind of structured, that Miami hasn't really damaged their cap space in the future either. So, yeah, these, these contracts are going to get big, but the way it appears is that by the time they do get big, there will still be more cap room with the time. And the second thing I think was a Ben Berlin headline was, <clears throat> um, he said everyone kind of expected the Wallace deal, and that was the headliner deal. They said that the um, the deal that kind of put the NFL on notice was the LAB deal because, yeah, everybody said, well, Miami's going to finally get their man in Wallace. Nobody expected us to, you know, come up underneath Ozzie Newsom like that and take away a player that he wanted back on the team. I missed the very end of what you said there. Say again, the very last part of it. I said, you know, nobody expected the Dolphins or Ireland or anybody to be the team that, you know, everybody kind of expected everybody to re-sign with Baltimore. Nobody expected Miami to swoop in and steal him away. You know, Newsom's considered one of the better GMs, and this was a guy he wanted back, and Miami came in and stole him. Yeah, I think it was Ben Bolin today, but somebody over at Palm Beach Post wrote an article. I'm, yeah, I'm that's what I was referencing. I saw the yeah. headline. And... It, uh, it basically said um, that there was no inkling of rumor, speculation, anything that LRB was not going to be signed with the Ravens. And the Dolphins, two days ago, called up his agent and said, hey, this is what we're looking at. This is what we can do for you. This is what we want. We want you down here. And uh, they got it out without the rumors coming out. It was to the point that Wheeler, Philip Wheeler, was en route to Miami to come sign when he was, I guess he was watching TV and surfing the Internet on the plane. Don't worry, I'm here. Hey, Keith, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, something happened with the board there because me, Duke, and James all got kicked off at the exact same time. And it was just after you called in, so you did something. 
But welcome to the show. <laughs> um, what I was saying, oh, here's Duke and uh, James back in. Hey, guys, welcome back. I don't know what happened. What happened, man? <laughs> it, I don't know. It kicked you, me, and Duke off all at the same time. As soon as was that it, was, it was like just after Keith called in, it kicked three of us out. But Keith apparently, I knew it. exactly. Apparently, Philip Wheeler was in route on the plane, surfing the internet, watching TV, and said all of a sudden he sees a headline pop up that the Dolphins signed Ellerby. And he said, I'm sitting there looking at it, and I sent a message to my GM or to my agent going, Am I going to the right place? <laughs> I mean, it was so much that one Dolphins free agent linebacker didn't know about the other Dolphins free agent linebacker coming in. So Miami did a great job of keeping everything secret and completely pounced on the Ravens, knowing that they couldn't afford to keep Ellerby at that price. So I think it worked out. I think that the Dolphins have done a great job so far. Of course, there are other pieces. There's other things that need to happen, but we're very early in the free agent process. Not every free agent has to be a big-name free agent, so give them a little time, and let's see how they finish this out. Nobody talked all at once. <laughs> um, well, here, well, I do have one thing I can do as everybody's not talking all at once. Ready? I got this in my voicemail today. Hey, Dolphins fans, this is Mike Wallace, the newest member of your Miami Dolphins, and I wanted to take a moment to say hello to all our Dolphins season ticket members. One of the best parts of playing at home is hearing your hometown fans. I look forward to hearing you this fall at Sun Life Stadium. Hey, this is Jesse Agler from the Finsiders, and we're excited that you are back to enjoy what is shaping up to be an exciting year of Dolphins football. Stay up on all of your Dolphins news by visiting dolphins.com slash app and downloading one of our many mobile apps. So apparently Mike Wallace wanted to call me today. Why, why was he high when he made you that were, recording? You were the only person to call it, too. He was. I, I mean, it was. It was just me. It had nothing to do with anybody else. But, no, uh, Mike Wallace sent out a voicemail message to all the Dolphins holders today just basically saying, hey, let's do this. I'm here. I'm your newest toy. Let's go play. <laughs> so I've been I've been away from the computer for a few hours, but like, what's the deal with Keller at this point? Uh, he is in Miami. That's as far as it is right now. That he is in Miami for a visit. Um, I just saw an interesting tweet. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay is out of the Sean Smith race. Nice. Which that was my number one spot for them to go. Which means. Um, I'm telling you, one of two things: they are uh, they're waiting for the draft and they care for Sean Smith, or they are trading for Revis. That could be, yeah. I, I really think Ooh. that Sean Smith and Jake Long both end up back in Miami, and I think that's why we didn't see any big moves today. We obviously brought in Keller. We we probably put out feelers. Um, I'm sure we're still talking to Winston, but I think that we're waiting right now to see what happens with. Jake and the Rams, and what happens with Sean Smith. And, and I just want to say something about the Jake Long deal. Um, I'm not that old, but I'm getting toward that age where when I go to the doctor, it's going to take longer than it did when I was a kid. 
But He's having the longest Jake Long's physical was the ever. absolute longest physical on the face <laughs> of the planet. I mean, all day, from like eight o'clock this morning to like five o'clock, he was getting a physical. I'm like, what are they doing? Are they using an electron microscope to go over every single cell in his body? What is up with this? The one, the one joke I made today is that Nick Saban gave Jake Long his physical. <laughs> I think, I think they were probably trying to split out his DNA so they could clone him and get a guy that's not injured as much as he is. Yeah, Drew Brees thought that that physical was, was too long. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's another thing I haven't heard either. I know that uh, that's a whole situation in St. Louis with uh, Long, and if, if they sign Long, which I, nothing has happened yet, I'm assuming. Uh, if they sign Long, then Saffold's going to want to trade. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now, you pair up the two Long brothers, that defense is going to be scary. <laughs> we already made jokes about that last night. How are we going to stop Chris Long's brother from sacking Sanchez? <laughs> we, you know, Hunter can't handle him alone. Oh, for, for those of you that don't understand the reference, uh, was it last year? No, I think it was two years ago now. It was two years ago. Yeah. yeah a guy from Gangrene Nation, the Jets blog, posted on their site and on our site that there was a potential for Chris Long and Jake Long to team up on a defense. And obviously they are not brothers. They are not related at all. However, this guy said the two Long brothers would be on the same defense and the Jets would not be able to stop them because Chris Long's brother would be sacking Sanchez all day. And he was dead serious, and he built this post on both sites. And I have never seen a post get so many ridiculous comments back. It was hilarious. He wrote that post like he was Paul Revere. Yeah. I mean, he came out with just like this, this unbelievable he intensity. He about this, and yeah. He was all worked up over it. He was like, Sanchez is just not going to hold up if he's got Jake Long stacking him the whole game. <laughs> and then the best, the best comment or the best quote from the guy's post, or I think it was maybe, I don't know if it's the end of his post or a comment fairly early on, but he was like, all right, you guys, post some comments and tell me what I did wrong this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a Dolphins fan disguised. And then the and then the guy comes back, he's like, Never mind, he's posting over on the Finsider too. They must be so confused right now. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was a ridiculous post, but it was so funny. And the fact that Jake Long is in Saint Louis right now just makes it right there back at the surface. It's so funny. <laughs> so what is the latest on that situation? Because I haven't been on a computer in about four hours. He, the I, latest I, that I have seen is he's He's had dinner with the Rams. I think the last. I think the last thing he heard was the doctor brought him dinner and then put a glove on. I'm not Frickin sure what that's about. <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna say I was because he made something that you know they gave him a physical and then took him out to dinner and I was like perhaps afterwards somebody petting. <laughs> yes, and now they're dating. <laughs> yeah, on those lines. 
Yeah, somebody, somebody's, uh, <laughs> somebody's going to change their Facebook status to in a relationship. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we'll see. Uh, that whole rant thing is really interesting. Because I keep reading that the Bears are also interested in Long. Of course, they just signed yeah. Jermon Bushrod, which uh, takes him. But the thing is, like, you look at every site and they still have the Bears up there, and it's like, Aren't you guys paying attention to any of those? No, maybe. Another, another tweet I saw about Sean Smith is from the, uh, the website Pro Football Central. Yeah, it, it says um, the teams that are interested in Sean Smith are the Colts, Chargers, Packers, Dolphins, and Falcons. Before, before we go any further on that, if you follow at PF Central, which is Pro Football Central, just take everything they put out there with a grain of salt. What we've seen today is basically they're one of these types of places that every single little rumor they hear, they're going to report simply so that when one sticks, they can go, see, we reported it first. So that that's what happened today. That's what happened with Omar. Omar Kelly posted way early today that – Jake Long and the Rams had signed a deal, and it was he got done. black for that too. Everyone was making fun of that guy on Twitter this afternoon, <laughs> and it was because he simply used a PF Central um, tweet as his source, and he was off and running. And every other Dolphins beat writer went, uh, "No, he hasn't." <laughs> and so yeah, Twitter Twitter's been fun with Omar today, as he. Completely, a guy who, and the funny part is, SB Nation writers. I mean, the Bears writer was emailing to me about how messed up Omar was today, because they're like, and they're all writing and they're all pointing out the fact that Omar is so anti-blog, any fan trying to have some sort of report, he will trash them and he will trash a blog. Because, oh, they're not professional. They don't do this for a living and that kind of stuff. And then he goes out and does something like that. And it's just so blatant. I mean, whatever happened to a reporter double-checking a source? And to use something like PF Central that nobody really knows who it is, if it has any credibility, how are you going to immediately report off of that? Oh, didn't incarcerated Bob – incarcerated Bob was right about Wallace. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to stand up for Omar. I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I do want to point out that, not that I think I'm any kind of great shakes, but as someone who works in the media, I will say that I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I think Omar and Armando are two of the poorest sports writers I've ever come across in my life. I have no idea how those guys got their, their respective jobs. Like, that drives me nuts. Because if Omar puts stuff out there that looks like like he let his kid write it, and then, yeah. uh, and I mean, we've already talked. We've talked about Armando. Armando's Armando, but uh, actually, Armando's been like fairly well behaved this week, so he's not really as much on my on my list as usual. But although uh, he was, did just tweet at our Armando Salguero, so 44 minutes ago he tweeted his name. Well, that's important. Well, the, the funny <laughs> the funny thing is. Uh, 
when that when Omar put that that tweet out this afternoon, Ben probably like two minutes later because Duke and I were texting at the time, and Ben uh, Volan sends out a text and he's like, he's like one Dolphins writer way jumped the gun on that long uh, on yeah. that long on that long news. Guess guess which one? And I was like, oh damn, he's sticking it to Omar. <laughs> yeah, it okay. uh, I, it was I'm ugly. seeing some numbers here for the the Keller deal. Again, these are just rumors. But it looks like kind of the ballpark that Miami's swinging for here is a three-year, $13 million deal in that range. That's not bad. Yeah. And considering, you know, I think I was talking to you guys, I think I mentioned this last night, was I'm I'm beginning to wonder if Jeff Ireland just hasn't completely learned the game a little bit this offseason and the whole thing with Jared Cook, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we need Jared Cook. He's got speed and everything. Well, yeah, but um, he's never really realized it. He's only scored eight touchdowns in his career. In comparison, uh, Anthony Fasano, in the same time span, has scored twice as many touchdowns. So, you know, you're looking at a red zone threat. Um, Fasano is apparently a better one than, than Cook. So I'm wondering, you know, people have been using the Dolphins to drive up the price. In the past, I wonder if – if um, Jeff Island didn't stick it to Jeff Fisher in St. Louis by running up the price on, on Jared Cook by getting in and then, oh, yeah, we're not going to be in it anymore. It could be. I'm, I'm, just, throwing, I'm just throwing that out there. Because well, here's, he signed a massive the deal, and I'm just wondering if Jeff Island didn't just kind of didn't just kind of play the play the, the Rams a little bit. I think so. I think that there's there's a lot of truth to that, mainly because we we gave a lot more money to Wheeler and Ellerby than the Ravens and Raiders were willing to get to those guys. So, I yep. mean, why why wouldn't we overpay on Jared Cook? And, I mean, I agree with that. I would rather have Keller anyway. So, the thing that uh, Duke retweeted today, and I, and I laughed, and I was, like, pumped up by it at the same time, but it said, uh, Jets fans have long suspected that, that Keller could be a superstar in the right system. Uh, too bad it might be in Miami. And the guy was like, ouch. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, that that would be fantastic. I mean, and that would be that kind of system because I mean, now you're talking about how you have already Wallace and Hartline there. We're probably not done on the receiver front by by even a sight because there's still plenty of guys out there, and we have have the draft to look forward to. But if you put like a true uh, a theme thread on on this offense, I mean, that's the important thing is they're just getting primo talent. Around Ryan Tannehill right now, and I hope they continue. I hope they sign Keller. One of the things that you, you mentioned Wheeler a minute ago that I read about today was it, it was said on Twitter last night that Miami chose Gary Guyton instead of Philip Wheeler last year. Came out this morning that uh, Wheeler said no, that wasn't the situation. The situation was that he chose the Raiders over Miami because he thought he'd have a better uh, better chance to start. Yep. In Oakland than he would in Miami. Now I'll just let you guess who put the original article out. The um, I don't know who it was put the other tweet out, but that was because um, I did watch a little bit of his press conference today. The uh, Philip Wheeler, and it was cool. He mentioned he says I play like a shark. Now I'm a dolphin. <laughs> so, that was kind of interesting and funny. So it looks um, like that we picked the guy that we targeted last year. Yep. And. And I agree. The Ellerby thing just came out of West Field. I, I just remember seeing that last night. I, I saw it on Twitter, on NFL Network. 
and I got a text about it all within like two minutes of each other. And I was like, what? It just it did not register with me that that actually happened. <laughs> so I, 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 I like that. I think that was I, I think that right there and what continuing on with that article we were talking about earlier, Duke, what that article said was that everybody knew the um the Wallace deal was gonna get done. That was the deal that the Dolphins had to make. The move of signing Ellerby was the move that Jeff Ireland and the Dolphins stood up, stared at the other thirty one teams and said, We're in this to win. And they laid it out on the table and they're making the moves. And I think that what, what that article basically comes down to is that pretty much the entire NFL suddenly went, oh, crap, because nobody saw it coming. They knew that we'd get Wallace, but nobody saw us wheeling and dealing like we are and stealing players off of other teams without them even having a scent of a rumor. So I think that, yeah, I think that that's uh, – that's a big move for the Dolphins. Um, looking at looking at some of the to, to catch up some of the questions coming off of the live thread right now, which if you guys are listening to this, you can get a hold of us in many many ways. You can get on us on Twitter at the Finsider. We always have a live thread up on thefinsider.com, and of course you can always give us a call too at three four seven three two six nine four six one. That's three four seven three two six nine four six one. Give us a call. James will get you onto the show. Um, looking at some of the questions coming out of the live thread right now, uh, it, it was one of the discussions during the press conferences today was Philbin said, hey, look, we're in this to win the Super Bowl. We want to be a Super Bowl team now. So how close do you think the Dolphins are? And do you see them after what they've done already actually being a contender? And before you guys answered, that's from uh, Finn Fan C nineteen eighty. Oh man, uh, I, I think the the important thing is they they do want to be con- contenders right away. I think that uh, they have the nucleus in place now to do it. I mean, getting the quarterback in there was important. A lot. It's funny because a lot of people on the site still seem like they're they're uh, unconvinced. By uh, by Ryan by Ryan Tannehill's season last year, so uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's, I would say that I I definitely think they're a playoff team this year. As to as to how far they can go, I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, but if they can if they can go ahead and shore up right tackle, and I don't know if that if that involves Winston or Long or drafting a guy, I don't know. Right. They can get that playing. The the thing is, they need to do now is they need to finish off the the receiver group. Uh, they need to finish off tight end. Maybe get a little bit of depth at running back. I mean, that's all stuff you can do in the draft. Uh, but they absolutely have to reinforce their secondary, and especially on the perimeter. So if they if they can go ahead and get some corners and there's some hot shot guys who can who can really. Uh, free up our pass rush and vice versa. Our pass rush can do those guys a favor too. Then yes, I do believe that we can be a Super Bowl team. I, but I don't. I don't think it'll be this year. I think we're a playoff team. I think we could be a very dangerous playoff team. But I, I feel like we're probably still a year off. Well, and I agree with that. I think we are a playoff caliber team. I, I, I think because well, I think 
Tannehill can become a playoff caliber quarterback. Um, but she, you never know when she get in the playoffs. I mean, I, I even made um, I made a comment on the post right around the end of the season. I thought that the Falcons and the Ravens were two of the more fraudulent playoff teams in there. Uh, they had bad seasons. I mean, the Ravens barely got by the the Chiefs, like nine to six or some garbage. Um, so, like, yeah, they're not going to go far, and then they win the Super Bowl. So. I don't think anybody expected Joe Flacco to, to turn into Joe Montana in the playoffs either. So um, you never know what can happen once you get there. And I think that's just what – I think that's what they need to do. I think that we're going to bring some toughness. And when Tannehill – you know, if Tannehill improves like we expect him to, I think they can get in the playoffs. And once they get there, you know, who knows what can happen. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. And the thing is, we don't know how good Brian Tannehill is going to be next year. For all, you know, he works with the receivers all offseason, and he just comes out gangbusters. I mean, that's not that's not outside the realm of possibility, in, in my opinion. And that's something where I think I really expect him to continue to take these leaps forward. I just don't know how big of a leap uh, during any given offseason early in his career. So, I mean, he could come out there and just light it up. Uh, I think that he certainly has, we talk about this all the time, he has the tools to do it. Uh, great, strong arm, accurate, uh, plenty to work on too. But uh, the, the way he's built and, and the way his mind works, I I don't think there's there's many things out there he can't get better at and actually realize his potential. So if he comes out and he's really good next year, then I think that yeah, we're going to be a serious playoff team, and that's really exciting to think about. But I mean, the important thing in all this, and this ties into that question that you received. Uh, I mean, we're go- we're making sure that our quarterback has the weapons he deserves. I mean, that's the point in all this. I mean, you see a lot of these teams out there. I mean, look for the longest time with Joe Flacco. Only recently did Joe Flacco have guys like Torrey Smith or even Anquan Bolden for the longest time. Those guys are like, hey, enjoy your number one receiver, Derek Mason, you know? Yep. Uh, who's Who's been in the career or who is, you know, more than a decade into his career. So, uh the fact that they're going and getting these guys down, they're getting guys who are young. I mean, Mike Wallace is, what, 26? So, I mean, Keller is, I think Keller is a couple months younger than me, but I'm, I'm going to be 29 next month. So, I mean, you're getting you're getting guys who are technically early, late first, early second contract. So. Yeah. And, and like I said earlier, the, the good thing is when you look at um, – when when you look at the way the Dolphins are setting up these contracts, they're backloading them, which everybody does, but they're backloading them to the point that most of these guys are going to have another contract. So when the Dolphins go, hey, it's time to restructure, they still can and can still get use out of these guys. It's not like a guy like Welker or Bolden or Dansby who are coming towards the end of their career and aren't going to sign a five-year contract, knowing that they probably aren't going to see that money. So I, th- I think that's a I think that's a good thing. Um, right, that's what it just, is. I mean, just for the record, it. apparently there's news out there, which I don't know. I haven't seen anything that I would call it real, but I don't know that Ukrainian killer dolphins have been or have escaped off a training base. Just in case you're wondering, apparently yes. there are attack dolphins on the loose. Saw that as well. 
So, in case you uh, actually, in case you're worried, the uh, the attack dolphins are out conveniently on the same day as the dolphins are attacking. <laughs> oh man! Well, so, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not. Yes, apparently, or like, like real killer whale. No, like dolphins that are trained to kill. Oh my god. <laughs> That's like the perfect predator, isn't it? <laughs> but, let's see. Uh, apparently, Ukrainian attack dolphins may be on the loose and looking for love, according to a source familiar with the country's rumored secret military training program. <laughs> so they're just going to, like, honk you. <laughs> Want to put that out there? Um, yeah, apparently James Ukraine, Bond dolphins or something. Ukraine has flooded the market with killer dolphins. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, yeah, go on. I'm not. No, well, I was just gonna say that. And I, dolphins are are funny creatures because when I when I was down in Mexico uh, last summer and I swam with dolphins and they they made it very clear that like when you're pet, petting their belly, like you can't get anywhere near their junk. Like otherwise, like I guess like they'll flip out. So maybe these. This is like Ukrainian dolphins uh, have that problem or something, and it's just uh, on steroids from what it sounds like. Because I was afraid, because I didn't even want to like pet the, the thing's belly, because I, I figured it was going like, to try to bite my head off or something. I got attacked by a, a swan once. Does that count? <laughs> that's, that's different. I, it was swimming in a, in a lake, I was standing on this little rock out in the middle of the lake just off an island, and all of a sudden it came flying at me, and I couldn't move fast enough, and it bit me on the foot. And I went, what just happened? <laughs> I got bit by a swan. <laughs> so, just saying. Um, okay. Uh, obviously, the talk is all about Keller, um, he, him being the next – free agent move. Where do you think the move is after that from B. Bickley? Well, we talked about this. This is I something got we talked about a lot today. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say it's offensive tackle. Yeah, I'm going to agree. And, and the reason I, I'm, I'm going to go with offensive tackle is, number one, I think they are more devoted to bringing back, um, bringing back long than they are Smith. Number two, I there's some good offensive tackles in this draft, but I like the cornerbacks a little better draft-wise in terms of what you're going to pay for them than you are in free agency. Two guys that I wanted to replace um, Smith with, uh, one retired and one resigned. So um, they're not there anymore. Uh, Derek Cox is an option. I've heard Miami's name tied to him a little bit. The only problem with him is he's kind of injury-prone, so you never know if he's going to be out there, you know, if he's going to play a lot. So, um, you know, it just depends on, on, on the market for Smith, but I think they would rather have Long. And if they can't get him, I think they're going to move pretty quick on Winston. Uh, and from what I've read, uh, I think it was last week, that on, I read something on Twitter that I can't remember. It was, Miami was at some team's pro day, and they are really heavily scouting uh, defensive backs, which leads me to believe that of our top five picks, 
and depending on the Kendall Langford signing, we could get an additional fourth, I hope. So out of those particular picks, I think three of those picks out of the top five will be defensive backs. I think we get a corner, a safety, and another corner in, in kind of that order. Uh, I'm not sure which picks, but I think we go corner in the first, safety in the second, corner in the third, and and, and something like that. So that's kind of my uh, my pick on what they would do. They're going to, they're going to work on the offensive line here in free agency, and then uh, then work on the secondary in the draft. How much do you think they need to do to the offensive line? Well, in free agency, I think they need. It just depends. I mean, I've read stuff anywhere from re-signing Nate Garner and letting him uh, play right tackle. I've heard uh, re-signing him to play guard and move John Jerry to right tackle. Um, I think they need to get a right tackle. I think they're moving forward with the idea of uh, Martin being the left tackle. Even if they re-sign Long, I think if they re-sign Long, they're going to bring him in to play right tackle. Um so I think they need to do that. The interior line will be okay. Uh, Incognito plays well. Um, Pouncey's great. And I think they can find a right guard, you know, in the third, fourth round range in the draft. So I'm not too worried about that. But I do think they need to upgrade the offensive line to get better. And I think right tackle is now kind of the, the key position there. So that's I think that's what they're doing in free agency. And then, um, you know, they'll try to fix any other thing in the draft. Yeah, there are plenty of mobile guards signed in round round three and four. I mean, we talked about Clevenberry out of San Jose State. He'll be a good one. Uh, Winters out of uh, Kent State. And there, those are those are guys who would be just fantastic additions at right guard. And I mean, and and you're not even using that really that high of a pick on them, as opposed to some of the people who are interested in using a one on uh, Jonathan Cooper. So that, that's something to, to keep in mind. I, I agree. I think that um, I think it's a long shot that we, no pun intended, that we uh, we use uh, a really high pick on the tackle position this year. I mean, anything's possible. And there are certain there are certainly some guys out there where if they fell to number twelve, I think we'd be compelled to at least give them a, give them a good hard look. I think uh, Lane Johnson's the obvious one. But I think the, the crime there is I think Lane Johnson is absolutely cut out to be an NFL left tackle, and I would feel bad because, I mean, I'm I'm comfortable with Martin on the left side. I think he's in a zone-blocking scheme. I think he's he's absolutely cut out to do work in that in that setup. So uh, I think that if, if we do look to the draft for a right tackle, I think in rounds two or three, uh, depending on what we do in free agency, I can see us going with just one receiver uh, sometime in round two or three. Uh, I can see us going with Tavon Austin at 12. I mean, anything is possible at this point. Yeah, and here's the thing about the free agency stuff. Let's say that the reports are true and we re-sign Long and Smith. So let's say our next three signings, uh, Keller, Long, Smith, and that's it. We're done with, we're done with major free agents. That number 12 pick in the draft becomes, you know, a gold brick because you can you can draft anything you want at that position. Um, if you want to take Jonathan Cooper and you know have a dominant offensive line, do that. 
want to draft a corner, you can. If you want to take a chance on a guy like Tavon Austin at 12, um, you know, bring in a guy like that, because now you've pretty much kind of filled a lot of your need. You don't have to draft for a, necessarily a need. You know, I'm sure last year, you know, a lot of people probably wanted us not to take Tannehill because we had other needs, and they thought, well, these might be better players. But now you go into it to the draft. If you've got a lot of other needs, you can, you know, you can draft best player available. You know, so it opens up so much. Uh, we can we can trade with it. So it just depends. I think the rest of this week is going to determine how we go into the draft, and it's, it's going to be pretty exciting because we're going to have more options now than we've had in a while. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be kind of fun for me since I like the draft to go into it with this knowledge of like, man, I have no idea what we're going to do, but we can do anything, and it's still going to be good, you know. Well, here's here's one thing I'm thinking. Uh, because Buffalo obviously lost uh, Levitri, and a lot of people are, are are hooking them up with Chance Warmack now. Uh, I, I'm not sure how accurate of a projection that is, but you're seeing a lot of guys who are saying that well, Buffalo, you know, they just got rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So suppose Geno Smith falls to eight, do they go with him? Uh and you have to – the Jets at this point, from what it looks like, are just a hot mess. Who knows who they're going to take. Uh, just because the, this regime seems to surprise us right when we, we think we have them figured out, what if Patterson's at 12? Do you, do you think they, they look for the home run? With Patterson? Patterson and Wallace. Um, you know, that would be – that would be an intriguing pick um, because you, you mentioned something there that I'm sure we'll get to later in the show. Um, you know, the Jets are the Jets, and they're kind of in um, – <laughs> I saw a tweet today that I retweeted. From, uh, someone said this uh, – they took a picture, and it was of the Jets. They said the Jets uh, free agency period, and it had like a moving truck with the Jets on the side, and it was on fire. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the Patriots lost with Welker. They re-signed Edelman, but, uh, you know, he, he's a good player, but you can't trust him to stay healthy either. So, um, you know, how is that going to work? So, in a sense, the Dolphins kind of in the AFC East are the one team that on paper have improved, and, and the other teams have gotten weaker. So when we go into the draft, if, if you want to take away options from a team like the Patriots or the Bills, the Bills, go to, you know, they take Womack. So, at least guys like Austin or Patterson there, and you know the Patriots might be coveting those guys or might want one of those guys. Then you can, um, you know, you can kind of take a guy, especially a guy like uh, a Patterson who is kind of raw, would need to learn a little more intricacies about route running and things like that. He's a guy you take 12, let him develop, and, you know, in two years you have a ridiculous uh, offense. Because then you could work Hartline in the squad, Patterson and Wallace on the outside, and Tannehill just throwing the ball blindfolded, giggling the whole time, you know. <laughs> well, to me, because when I think of Patterson and Wallace, to me, that that that, that strikes me as sort of like Falcons-type receiver core, where you just throw those two guys out there and nobody wants to deal with them. I mean, Jones more than White, and I, and I realize that technically we are a West Coast offense, but... 
mean, Wallace doesn't fit the West Coast offense, technically. I mean, he, he provides a clearing action because he's taken two or three guys with him every time he goes north. But uh, you start to look at these guys, like, you know, what, what if you added a Patterson? Or what if what if they Keenan Allen's sitting there? Or, or if they trade down and go after Keenan Allen? Or if they like uh, a, a, enough of the, the second and third round corners to – to warrant a selection of like a receiver or something at twelve. I mean that that's scary stuff, man. I mean like we we've talked about Escobar. I think Escobar is a guy we'll heavily consider, regardless of whether we, we bring. I mean Keller's a seam threat, but Keller's just kind of or um, Escobar's just a, a do everything type. And frankly, the thought of putting two tight ends out there like that is frightening. But I mean this yeah. is this is Brian Tannehill's world we're just living in it at this point. Yeah, I mean, and you get a guy. I mean, and, and and that's another good point is that anybody in the at the twelve range, any three of the top tight ends are now in play. I don't think we get them at twelve, but I think we can move down. I think just about everybody and their mother had Tyler Eifert drafted to go to the Bears at twenty. Well, now they they signed Bennett, so that's probably not going to happen. Um, so you could trade down later in the first pick up an additional first for next year, pick up some additional whatever picks you want. And then all of a sudden you've got, you know, three of those tight ends sitting there, and you could take one of those guys. You could let Keller play the Joker position, let him be like, you know, the Hernandez. Um, And suddenly, you know, Tannehill, the Dolphins and Tannehill have options on just about every kind of set we can run. Um and I think we're still going to have to draft a tight end because even if you sign Keller, we don't have a tight end that is good at blocking. And I know a lot of fans are like, well, you know, that's not a big deal anymore. Well, yeah, it is because you need a guy that can block. So um, I think I think tight end is still going to be a big need. And, you know, I'm a fan of basketball. I would like to draft him. But, but yeah, at 12 right now, we can target one of those guys, move down to the draft, probably get one of them. Uh, Earth Eifert or, or Escobar and, uh, you know, do what we need to do. And it, it's kind of exciting about that because I'm looking forward to, a, you know, minoring out a couple of two tight end sets next year and just, you know, throwing Wallace and Hartline out there, best uh, in the slot, kind of going a, a five wide with those guys. And it's going to be, you know, just pick your poison. Yeah, it, it's going to be a heavy system. And I don't know if any secondaries are – uh, that are going to deal with that, which is exciting because I feel like most most uh, defensive coordinators have licked their lips when they see the Dolphins' uh, name on the schedule. So, I don't know. Escobar is a, a really intriguing guy. Uh, we talked about Terrence Williams last night. Terrence Williams strikes me as a – his skill set is in some ways similar to Wallace's except he's a bigger guy. Uh, not as fast. I mean, he's got very good speed, but he's not a, he's not a rare burner like Wallace. I mean, there's there, there's just so many so many options at this point. Or if they just wanna they want to be sneaky about it, and they could go with Austin at twelve. There's just a, an absolute uh, laser uh, in there, and it runs great routes too. So he technically fits. Hey, real quick before uh, before I do something that may be a complete mistake for the show, but I'm gonna do it anyway. This I did want to I did want to go ahead and turn to Twitter real quick. And uh, Christopher Diaz, the, at the Diaz fallacy, asked, do the Dolphins have lasers on them? 
And according to that article, the dolphins do not have lasers on them. They have harpoons on them. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do with a harpoon, but apparently <laughs> the killer dolphins carry harpoons. So for what it's worth, that's it's, what they do. Check now, your check – your, uh... Now for what is going to be my mistake for the show, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and turn the mic over to Ohio. So Ohio, <laughs> welcome to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm great. Turn the show over. No, 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 no. Well, you get on it. You get on and we all know that you're going to talk for about 30 minutes and it'll be a lot of fun. So the floor is yours. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. So here's the thing. When Ted Ginn was a Miami Dolphin, I got myself a Ted Ginn jersey. Lived the regret of. Went out, got a Chad Henney jersey. You know, I want to have a jersey. I like the T-shirts. I like the hats. I like the shoes. If it's got Miami Dolphins on, yeah. If it's got Miami Dolphins, I want it. You know, belt buckles, license plate, Mormon. <laughs> so, what? Debbie Downer? No, man, it's a good thing. <laughs> That's the, you got the wrong sound effect. Who's running the board over there? There's a board. Well, if there is a board, you need the sound of a smack the back of somebody's head and give it to that guy. <laughs> no. no. Oh, boy. Hey, hey, don't put it past me. I'll get my own sound effects going. You guys will be fucked. Um, uh, oh, my. Hold on. So, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. So, uh, are you guys still there? Yeah, you we're there? here. We're here. All right. So, I'm hey, just making sure I that I have my sister button ready. To go back to the story, I bought the Ted Ginn jersey. Down the drain he goes. I bought the Henny jersey. Down the drain he goes. So, uh, um, anyways, that was a live sound effect of my very own toilet that I use every morning. Uh, <laughs> so, Ohio comes with its own sound effects now. Well, everybody has a toilet, and so Ted Ginn and Chad Henney certainly went down the drain. Uh, but now here's my question, or here's my, my thing. Brian Hartline, former Buckeye, signs with the Dolphins. Some people love him. Some people think, yeah, we didn't do so good there. Hey, man, I'm on board with that. The guy's a football player. So do I go out and get a new, you know, new logo, new look, go get a new jersey? Or do I put the curse on the guy? I mean, shit, I was at both games when Marino ruptured his Achilles. I was at the one in Indy. I was at the one in uh, Cleveland. Did I curse the guy? So I don't know. Do I get a hardline jersey? Do I not get a hardline jersey? I think the first thing is you never get New Jersey. You stay away from New Jersey as much as possible. Um, oh, so you're going to get it now. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a jersey. I'm gonna I didn't buy a jersey last year. I want to get somebody's jersey. So you know, from there. Um, I'd probably go. I'm not the right guy to ask. Well, you know, I, I've already made up my mind. I'm getting a Heartline jersey. So you know, I hope I hope, I hope it's just all coincidence, and that he turns out to. Uh, I don't know how many touchdowns he have last year. One, one, one. Well, Duke I hope he has. And, I, I hope he has at least uh, four this year. 
Duke and Keith saw my ridiculous collection of jerseys. That includes Ginn. It includes uh, who else? Um, JPZ is in there. Uh, Culpepper's oh, in there, yeah. I think. Um, oh, you got a Dante Culpepper? Yeah. I was so excited when he came back. Back to Florida. What is that with the sound yeah. effects when you go, oh, I got a Dante Culpepper, and you wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Whoever's doing that, you need a little uh, uh, 101 on radio timing. Radio sound effect timing. No! <laughs> well, you need to you, uh, broaden your repertoire of uh, sound effects. No, I do. I do say on uh, on since we're on jerseys right now, um, uh, Mike Wallace. I want to say Brian Hartline again. Mike Wallace on the Finsiders, the Dolphins radio show, not the Finsider, but the Finsiders. Right, the other. Um, yeah, they. He he said that he is really leaning towards. He he will talk to Ryan Tannehill about number seventeen. He said, but he's really leaning towards going with eleven, which is what. Duke and Keith said last night. <laughs> Crash, uh, hey, uh, I don't like, I, I don't dislike that. That's old Crash Jensen's old number, and I, he's one of my old favorites from back in the day. So, I like eleven. You know. Yeah, and I, and I said, I also said yesterday that if uh, if if Wallace had chosen the number nineteen jersey, that a band of Dolphins fans would have charged charged the stadium and ripped the jersey off of him. Uh, and burned it right there, and said, "No, you cannot have it." Right, right. Well, I gotta, I gotta imagine though, jerseys in general and marketing in general, with what they've done in free agency, I gotta believe that once they unveil that logo, um, I, I'm gonna bet you some of that stuff goes flying off the shelves. So I bet they do real well with their with their merchandise sales this year. They will. I mean, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm already in. I'm in for a hard line, man. Maybe assuming they don't, assuming they don't mess up the logo horribly to the yeah, point that yeah, they right. hate it. You know, and when I walked, I walked into, a, I walked into a Lids locker room the other day, and the guy there. Now I don't know what this guy knows. I mean, he worked at a Lids locker room, but he goes, "Oh yeah, the Dolphins going to their primary color is going to be the navy." And I was like, "What? Does anybody else hear something like that? Anybody else hear that?" No. That'd be their primary color. I mean, no. I get the highlight color, but I can't imagine them switching from the aqua to a navy jersey. No, no. Well, I think that they're gonna uh, the aqua is gonna get bluer. I, know I we think talked so. Because they, they said they want it more. I gotta but... still believe that it's, that it's gonna be aqua. At the end of the day, you're gonna look at it and go, "Well, that's not blue. That's more aqua than blue." Well, no. I mean, I mean like it, it, instead of like a. a uh, a greener pigment, you're gonna you're gonna see like it's gonna be like a bluer aqua. Like I remember remember the jerseys in the the early '80s. Like if you, when you see those games play, I mean like they're 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 aqua, but they're on the bluish side. Gotcha. You know? So I, well, I think you're gonna see that. Uh, I don't think they're gonna bone the logo up. Uh, I, I'm hoping. I have to be honest. Like I I enjoy our our current logo, but I, there are times where when they put it up on NFL Network next to, like, Wallace's uh, picture when we signed him and everything, it does kind of look honky-tonk at, at times. So, like, I get yeah. it. I, under, I understand why we're changing it. Uh, I love the logo that we had uh, uh, prior to the, the change in 97. I thought that that logo was, was pretty good. Yeah. Right. 
Well, you know, whatever they do, like I said, like me, my personal opinion is I don't. I want to keep the helmet on the dolphin. Me. That's what I like. I don't like, you know, some people I say, well, you know, and, and who, you know, just who knows? Who knows at this point? It's almost like, you know, here's the thing about free agency, and somebody else said it on paper, it looks good. At this point, free agency and the draft and the logo and everything we talk about is nothing more than speculation. Your opinion, my opinion, the guy, you know, it's all speculation. You're kidding. Until they play, until they play football. <laughs> You know, so we can, we can, what, is that funny? Do I make you laugh? Keith jumped in with the, you're kidding. <laughs> no, it's a true story. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> hey, everybody, none of this even matters till they play football, so tune off. Come back next now, year. That's because they just realized we're all full of it. <laughs> right, 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 right. You don't have a. You want me to tell you what to think here? Here's what you think: the Dolphins are great and they're going to win the Super Bowl. See you next uh, opening day. By the way, send us all of your money. Right, right. I don't know, man. Someone else talk. Someone else to help this conversation. So we got. Uh, you know, I was sad to see Fasano go. I liked him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I absolutely well, did. So I loved. How- I loved Fasano. I really thought he was coming back. I think the Dolphins were actually kind of surprised that the Chiefs were right there ready to go with that deal. And I think that the Dolphins I, – I think that was probably the one move right now in free agency that the Dolphins did not expect. Right. Well, and, you know, hey, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. So, if the, you know, whatever he made or what, whatever he – you know, because he's going to a crappy team. You know, I mean, if I'm thinking, you know, if I'm a player, and I, you know, I mean, if if I if all things are equal, I want to stay with a better team if I can. I don't know. So I mean, a, it must have it must have been Chiefs a better are, opportunity. The Chiefs are making the right moves right now. I mean, they found their quarterback with Alex Smith. If you believe Alex Smith is more like the NFC Championship Alex Smith than the years before, or if Andy you want to Reed trade him for Ryan Tannehill. Andy Reid is there. Uh, they they they've picked up their offensive line level. They've brought Bo back. They they they're they're doing the right things right now too. I think that between the Dolphins and the Chiefs, that's who's winning the off season right now. Well, uh, you know the Chiefs were supposed to be making some noise not last season but the season before. Yeah. When they were undefeated, when when we went in there and beat them, matter of fact, that was our first win on, when we started off 0-7. I remember that year uh, vividly because that was the year that we introduced Minnie Marino to the world, um, and that was also. And I watched the game. Uh, I watched the game. The Kansas City. That was the year uh, we watched the game after the DCC, if I'm not mistaken. So, anyways. But uh, but then, then last year they just tanked, you know. They they took a big major shit. So you know, one of my best friends loves the Chiefs. So for his sake, I hope they I hope they improve. Well, Ohio, thanks for calling in tonight. I'm gonna uh, yeah. I'm gonna move on to some of the other questions coming up in the live thread. Very good. But have a thanks great, very have much. A great show. It's always good to talk to you. All right. Later. Later. So I got to get better on that sensor button, apparently. Let me just take the layout.
Yeah. Is that what that is? It just sounded. It sounds like the the beep you hear when you're leaving a message on someone's voicemail. Yeah, it's it's a sense of. We, you need it. We we need a dump button that dumps like thirty seconds of the show or whatever it is. <laughs> well, I think I think the system does that for itself. <laughs> so you just, or you just can put the show on delay. That'll work too. Um. Okay. Next next uh, next thing that was brought up in the live thread was, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say your name, I'm going to butcher it, but Sofici, S-O-F-F-I-C-I, looked at Welker and Amendola signing today, and then looking at their contracts, I know Welker was four years, 16 million, or uh, not four years, what was he, was he four years? I don't remember. Uh, Welker was two years, 12. 12, okay, yeah, I don't remember, I've seen so many numbers lately, and then Amendola's contract how do you think those contracts reflect on what Brian Hartline did? Does it make Brian Hartline underpaid, overpaid? Is it right where Brian Hartline should be? Well, I was listening to uh, NFL Network today, and they were talking about they were talking about the uh, the uh, Welker deal, and it seems as if the Patriots offered a higher contract to him than what they offered uh, what they offered a higher contract. Um, I think last year than what they offered him this year. And the reason he took that with Denver was more or less a spite move than anything else. Um, I thought that was an interesting angle. As far as Amendola, um, I mean, you're getting a contract, and and the guy can be a good player. But it's like that one one tweet that Martin posted in in the other thread about it is, um, he signed a five-year deal, which uh, in Amendola's terms is about seven games. So, you know, you take a guy like Welker who is very durable um, and you replace him with a guy who's, you know, by most things I've read, made out of glass, a guy that's going to – you don't know if he's going to stay healthy. So you paid him heartline money for a guy that's probably going to end up on IR two or three times in that deal, um, whereas heartline typically stays on the field. So um, I I think what it's going to do – as far as Hartline, I always feel like, oh, we overpaid, oh, we overpaid. And now they're seeing the kind of deals that people are getting for players that maybe aren't as high quality or of the caliber that Hartline is. And they hopefully they'll realize that, hey, this wide receiver market's a lot higher than we thought. Maybe we got Hartline at a discount or a good deal on him, which I believe we did. I was telling, telling dudes when I was driving home from work and yeah, listening to NFL radio, and uh, some, some past and called in and was screaming about the Wes Walker thing because this is probably about a half hour after the deal went through. And at first you could tell like he was just kind of like in disbelief. He's like, man, this is crazy what's going on here. Then by the end of it, like I thought he was going to start crying. I mean, he was he was just put off by the fact that I guess he thought that the Patriots uh, went, and he talked to Tom Brady and how they were going to, uh, he was going to take a bit of a cut uh, how he he didn't see how it was possible for Wes Walker's name to not come up during those talks with Brady. Because I, I mean, why else is he taking a bit of a cut unless he had his eye on on someone outside of of the uh, of the team? But uh, it, I don't know. I took I took real glee in listening to Pat fans just just absolutely like, lose their minds today. A real quick uh, three reports that I'm seeing slowly come out right now are it looks like 
Joshua Cribs is heading to the Cardinals. Yeah, that was a uh, little bit ago. Dominique Rogers Cromartie is probably signing with the Broncos. And there was one more that I just saw, and now I've lost it. I don't know where that one went. So I guess I don't um, have a third and, one. But, and okay. the reports are with Dustin Keller that uh, and James just posted it on the site that uh, the Dolphins have not made an offer, but he is staying overnight, and they're going to continue the meeting tomorrow. Oh, that was the third one. It, it wasn't a um, new signing. But it was two years, fifteen millions, fifteen million for was it Avril going to Seattle? Mm-hmm. So that I mean, if two years, fifteen million for Avril is the going rate for defensive ends, that really changes up what happened with like uh, the pass rush community last year and the year before. I'm kind of surprised that number's that low. Are you are you suggesting that uh, Buffalo is just beside themselves right now? I don't know what you're talking about. You think Buffalo regrets any contracts besides Ryan Fitzpatrick? I think, I think Buffalo regrets a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So we haven't made. Well, maybe we're not going to make an offer to help. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, uh, yeah, unless we're just trying to get the because I, I don't just can resign them unless that. Or I'm actually not sure of their their current cap status right now, but I know that uh, that's one player they'd prefer not to lose, and I'm not sure how much control they have over it. Just for the record, things that drive me crazy are EA Sports Madden tweets on Twitter. I don't follow them. It, uh, it just makes no sense. I don't know one. I don't know why they can even get in there because it's supposed to be separate systems, but apparently it's not. But I don't know why people think that they need to retweet them into real Twitter that the Dolphins just fired their coaching staff or that um, some guy hit five touchdowns on one day. It's like, really, guys? Come on. But, Okay. Sorry, just throwing that out there. Uh, next question. What do you guys think of, and I did not write down who said this, so I'm sorry on the uh, live thread for whoever asked it, but Gibson coming down to Miami. He was, or he is supposed to be staying the night in New York, but then coming to Miami tomorrow to come visit the team. Do you think the team still is interested in him? Obviously, they still have the scheduled visit, but do you think they could sign him? Is it a move they should make? What do you guys think on Brandon Gibson? I'm fairly indifferent. I mean, if they want to sign him, that's great. I think we could find a, a equal or greater caliber player in the draft. So I'm not – I mean, if they want to do that and not even touch the wide receiver class, um, I'm cool with that, but um, personally, I would just rather draft Stedman Bailey or Robert Woods and probably end up with a better player anyway. So, um, If we do, I don't care. If we don't, I don't care. So, I like it if the price is low enough, and if they do end up signing him, I can see why they waited 
because he's had a lot of, uh, or the wide receivers who have signed, who aren't named Mike Wallace, it seems like that their deals have been down a bit. Uh, so that, that's something to consider. Um, I mean, I I would be, I'm a big fan of the thought of Gibson playing with Wallace and Hartline, but like you said, I I mean, there's a good chance we can sign uh, comparable talent in round two, three, four, who knows. I mean, your guess is as good as mine, but I, I think that, uh, it, I mean, if if the asking price is too high, uh, why bother? What about what, um, what, what about really, Julian Edelman coming from Brian Phillips? Nothing. Julian Edelman? Yeah. Yeah. Eh. I think that's eh. a good answer. <laughs> Duke, what were you going to say? I'm just going to say, you know, we've kind of been in this position before, but um, to my knowledge, the only meeting that the Jets have had so far is with Brandon Gibson, and he left. So, you know, that's kind of sad. He didn't have nice feet. Well, yeah. Oh, was that wrong? His footwork was a little off. (laughs) <laughs> uh, his, his duty number wouldn't fit on that tattoo. <laughs> so um, that's that's kind of sad. But um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't really care that much about Edelman or him. I, th- I think Wallace was the guy we had to get. Everybody else is just, you know, whatever at this point. Um, and, and I'm I'm a big believer. That there's some guys in this draft. Uh, number one, I'm a big believer on the guy that's already on the team, and Rashard Matthews. Um, I believe that's a guy that can uh, step out of the shadow and be a very good player for this team. So I'm not ruling him out as the fourth receiver, um, and possibly uh, the heir to Bass in the in the slot. Um, but you know, there's some guys in this draft that I think we can uh, that we could get and get probably in the third round, fourth round range that would be, in my opinion, comparable to either of those guys. Um, I mean, Edelman's had some. But you know he's he's playing New England in the system. I don't know that he's going to go anywhere and just be dominant. So um, yeah, I, I just at this point, unless uh, unless Greg Jennings decides to take a welfare type contract and come down here and play, uh, I'd stay away from everybody else. I got a question. Yep. Uh, after the Jets fire Rex Ryan, probably like after week four this year, week five, somewhere around there. Uh, will you be able to hate them as much as Rex? You broke up on my end, so I didn't hear the question. Say again. Are we going to be able to hate Rex Ryan or hate the Jets as much now that Rex Ryan is gone? No. Well, yeah. Once once they give him the boot, uh, which I can't believe they already they already haven't. I not I don't get that. But once he's gone, uh, are you going to be able to hate them? At the same level that we we all currently, I I will. Oh, yeah. be, because oh, yeah. I hated them before he got there. Obviously, it won't be as blatantly in your face. There won't be as many easy jokes or easy things to do, but or say. But I, I will still definitely hate the Jets. See, I'll hate them too. But in, in the the hierarchy of the AFC East. Uh, Rex put him over the top for me in, in, ter- in terms of hatred. It used to be where, like, if the Jets and Patriots were playing, 
uh, I would I would kind of be like, yeah, you know, I think I'd prefer to see the Jets win this game because I just absolutely hate the Patriots. It's to the point now where regardless of what's going on, I usually prefer to see the Patriots pull both of those guys. Granted, I'd like to see both teams spontaneously combust on the field, but uh, it's like I won't, I wouldn't pull for anyone over Jets, and I think a lot of that has to do with the Rex and the the overall. Uh, attitude that he's brought to that team. Just like the, all these, these dog idiots. Like, I mean, obviously, Prescott's gone. Uh, Calvin Pace, I think, is gone, too. <laughs> so, he just could be gone. So, I mean, it's, I'm almost, and I trust almost going to feel bad when we beat the living crap out of those guys next year. Uh, uh, for, it, me, it, for me, it seems like the Jets. Children or something. I hate, I hate hate, loathe, hate the Jets. I don't like the Patriots, and the Bills are the team that's, oh, yeah, they're also in the division. I used to hate the Bills, though, back in the day, like no other team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, like, I'll never, I, uh, the Bills are permanently on my on my list because of just how, how many times they wronged me during my childhood. <laughs> You know, and just I mean, going to the AFC game and just you know, and just getting totally doused by those guys. So regardless of how bad Buffalo is, it's not bad enough in my opinion. But you see, the difference between, the, in my opinion, the Chess and the Patriots is the the Patriots have that that arrogance. That I mean, they go out there and you just you can't wait to watch them lose. That's why it was. I mean, for uh, all of our self interest aside, with the the perfect record on the line. Uh, uh, a couple of years back, I should say a few years back, uh, it was just so sweet to watch those guys go 18-1 and because they were so arrogant and were just so insistent on just putting up as many points as possible on anyone in front of them. And I find that history has not been kind to those guys. I mean, you look at the 98 Vikings, they got the same business, except that they were dumped one game prior to the Super Bowl. I mean, you get these teams that go out there, and I don't know if you've ever heard uh, the 98 Vikings mic'd up, but uh, if you ever felt bad for those guys for for blowing it in the NFC Championship game, just listen to those – find, like, footage of those guys mic'd up, and you will not feel sorry for them. Those guys had it coming to them, and Atlanta just served it up. So I, th- I think that there's that Patriot arrogance. And uh, on the other side of it, the, the Jets are just punks. You know, a bunch of guys that, who, like, would rather turn the game into a street fight. And, I mean, all these talkers. They're like they're – like, uh, Less talented Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Funny how that happens with Rex Ryan and Bart Scott. Well, I mean, yeah, that's why he wanted to. I mean, that's why he brought uh, Mr. Hot Sauce himself over there. (laughs) And and yeah, I mean, the Jets are just the Ravens without talent. So. I mean that's the way I think. Well, I mean, and they're, they're well, just now. just for the record, the Ravens are the Ravens without talent right now. Well, I, I'm glad that we had something to do with that. That's another team where uh, I I I did not understand why they paid Flacco that kind of money. He had a great playoff. Uh, what I find post-season. funny, what I find funny in that whole thing was that he then came out after they traded away Bolden and said, I don't understand why we did this move. We need to keep him. They need to pay him. It's like, dude, they can't. You just took all the money. If you wanted them to pay him, take less money. 
But yeah, so apparently Flacco had to complain that there was no money to give to Bolden after he took all of it. See, I was under the impression that Flacco was kind of a a prick, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was almost. Do you the think that a lot of these? Well, I don't. I mean, this is almost a rhetorical question, but do you think that these moves are a direct result of the fact that they just they gave that guy just the, the Godzilla payday? I think part of it is, yeah. I mean, they they have to do something because it's not like they're going to cut him in a couple years. I mean, it's just it's heinous what's going on with those guys. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, their losses are gained, and getting Ellerby. I mean, I can't emphasize this enough. Ellerby was supposed to be the guy. That, he was the heir to Ray Lewis, and a lot of people yep. died within that franchise. And they described him as their best defender throughout the playoffs. I mean that oh, he, down the stretch. He, he won on the Super Bowl. If he yeah. doesn't, if he doesn't chase down Frank Gore, that, I mean that game is all, all but over. And yeah, he uh, he, he he's in Miami now. So. Bless you, Bless I think. You, you are. Thank you. <laughs> um, quick uh, quick Twitter. I, I'm having two conversations kind of on Twitter right now, but uh. One of them was with Melvin Freeman. Um, I think it's at Melvin Freeman. At Melvin Freeman 1. He he doesn't like – he thinks – or he says the Dolphins are doing nothing about the tight end safety – strong safety, free safety position, and they let Reggie Bush go shake his head. So I I wrote back and said, yeah, but they are doing things about it. They have Dustin Keller in there for tight end. They brought back Chris – Clemens on a one-year deal at safety, which means they're probably looking in the draft for a safety, and then they're 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 addressing these things. As I stutter, um, then uh, he said, "Yeah, but I like Kellen Winslow for tight end. Chris Clemens, no, think Ed Reed would be better." My response is, I have absolutely zero interest whatsoever in Kellen Winslow. No way, nada. Don't want him anywhere near it. But what do you guys think of Ed Reed? Is there any? chance, any reason, should the Dolphins look at him maybe on a one- or two-year contract and upgrade Clemens and then get a young uh, safety in the draft that way? I think if you're going to to address the safety position in the draft, or if you're going to bring in Ed Reed, you don't re-sign Clemens. Yep. Um, I mean, if you're going to go the stopgap route, then you forget Clemens and make a play for Ed Reed. Um, I, I don't see the reason to bring both of those guys in and then draft a guy because what's the point in, what's the point in, in Clemens you know, if you're bringing in Ed Reed? I think that it's pretty much this is a show-me-what-you-got year for Clemens. You know, he improved toward the end of last season, so I think that um, I think they're going to give him a chance to prove himself from what I've read that uh, the Dolphins are kind of high on uh, Jonathan Cyprian. So yep. he may be a, an option back there. Um, and let's not forget Jimmy Wilson. I think I think they're going to address the cornerback position and uh, move him back to safety where he belongs. So he's a guy that can get in that mix. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they make a play for Reed at this point simply because that's a, a superfluous move uh, with Clemens. I, I think you make one or the other, not both. Keith, anything? I mean, I, I'm not going to say no to Ed Reed, but I think that I'm more interested in a long-term option. 
Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, I mean, I don't mean that as any sort of this bad read, but the guy's been in, in the in the league since I was in high school. So, uh, it's something where, I mean, we, we've made a lot of big signs this week, but, I mean, we have how many guys over the age of 32? I think Wake and John Denny are our only players over the age of 30. Might be. If I'm not mistaken. So, it's just, I mean, why would you want to, why would you want to tip that pool then? Uh where is I mean I I think that there are some quality quality uh, bigger safeties in this draft if you really want to look that route because I talked to Duke about this in terms of Rashad Jones uh, reports indicate and uh, the way they used him last year indicates that they want him as more of a free safety from what it looks like right so, uh, even though I mean like I know he's got the size where if you needed him in the in the strong role if you wanted to bring him down in the box probably do that at what level remains to be seen on a consistent basis. But if you want to go get like an Eric Reed or uh, Cyprian's a, a hot name, and you have to wonder now, after all these people were able to link us to guys like uh, Wallace and whatnot, uh, how close are they with these, these supposed uh, parallels they're drawing between us and Xavier uh, Rhodes and Gavin Escobar, Cyprian's Cyprian's been a guy we're supposedly getting a lot of attention to. So, I mean, I don't know. But I would rather draft a guy. If we're really going to look to stack the position, I'd rather just use a, I don't know, like a, maybe a two or a three. Uh, coming across right now, Adam Schefter just reported that the Dominique rogers Cromartie deal is done. It's a one-year deal with the Broncos. One-year yeah, so there really is like zero market for cornerbacks right now. A couple of reasons for that, but I wonder if if a lot of people have the same uh, idea we have right now that they're just going to draft these guys. Because I mean, this is I mean, you've had a lot of people come on the site and, in my incorrectly, in my opinion, uh, or make the incorrect assumption that this is a very good cornerback class. I disagree. I think it's a very good and very deep cornerback class. Is there a Dorrell Revis at the top? I would say no, but at the same time, how many people knew Dorrell Revis was going to play like that when he came out of pit? Yep. You know, he wasn't even considered the number one cornerback in a lot of people's boards. But people had Leon Hall way ahead of Dorrell Revis that year. I mean, Leon Hall was just a the guy out of Michigan and who's turned into a, a pretty good player. So hindsight's always twenty twenty when it comes to these things. People, people are you know, I mean, Ted Peterson lived up to the to the billing that he got coming out of LSU, but these guys never come out with a, a stamp on their head that says that they're going to be they're going to become an elite cover corner, uh, bought and paid for, no risk at all. There's a risk with all these guys. There's a risk with Dean Miller because I mean he's got to clean up that back pedal in a hurry. He didn't even have to do it at Alabama. And, uh, frankly, his footwork needs a lot of desires. I, I know that that kills you here. So he's not going to the Jets? Oh, well, two, two feet jokes in one episode. Yeah. yeah I, didn't even, yeah, I didn't even know what to say there. I, all I could do is keep <laughs> silence. But, but it's out of respect. But anyway, my, the point is, is, it's just like last year when everyone was like, well, this is an absolute stacked corner class because we have Morris Claiborne, who looks like a pretty promising guy. All right, and then we have Drake, Drake Kirkpatrick, who's just uh, an absolute physical powerhouse. And it's like, 
physical powerhouse from the sideline because he didn't play a lot last year. The Honey Badger's so. in there. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> um, just because uh, I just saw it come across on Twitter, apparently Kobe Bryant has severely sprained his ankle and is out indefinitely for the Lakers. So much for them trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah they were screwed whole, anyways. Yeah, I was going to say, that whole Dwight Howard thing just really didn't work out. I'm uh, I'm, I'm quite all right with that. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you quite are. All right, quite all right with that. I I I gotta I gotta uh, represent Orlando a little bit. Oh right right I forgot that you had a uh, an, an actual interest in in Dwight prior to his move. Yeah, uh, I wanted him to stay in Orlando, but uh, that's okay. Uh, the Spurs are still the Spurs, and I'm happy about that. You're also a Spurs fan. I am. I, I was a Spurs fan with uh, with Dave Robinson and then Tim Duncan. And I followed the magic because my family's from Orlando. So uh, I just broke my mouth. Uh, were you a Sean Elliott fan too? Eh, that's about did my thoughts. Did you enjoy Avery Johnson? <laughs> I did like Avery Johnson. What about <laughs> Vinny Del Negro? <laughs> um, probably, probably like a Bulls fan enjoyed Tony Kukoc. You missed. Days where the when when the Alamo Dome had a pink baseline. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I, I hadn't thought of that in a while. So really? anyway, get back. That whole, oh, we we can't get away from that. No spirit thing can get away from the fact that man. That, that was just so mid nineties. It was. It looked like they stole the set from the Arsenio Hall show and and put it. <laughs> put it in the Alamo Dome, and yet they couldn't wonder why, they, they couldn't figure out why Hakeem Olajuwon coming to town and just throwing down on David Robinson like he's not even there. <laughs> but, so, getting back to Dolphin stuff, because this is a Dolphins blog, and we managed to make it through a NBA talk without mentioning that team up north of me, up, up by where James is, and Although I do like Mark Cuban, but that other team up there. Uh, turning back to Twitter now, Christopher Diaz. What's wrong back. with the Rangers? What's wrong with the Rangers, man? Nothing's wrong, wrong with, wrong the, with Rangers, the Rangers, even though they're trying to get rid of Nolan Ryan. Apparently. Um, no, 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 no. They're just they're they're just nego- they're not even trying to get rid of him. They're just renegotiating his. They're just now taking away his, his power. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be all right, man. Uh, can't get rid of Nolan Ryan. You can't get rid of Nolan Ryan. Uh, anyway, I don't, think, okay. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going anywhere. He just wants to start preparing to retire because he's old. Yeah, probably. So I got two questions coming up on uh, Twitter right now. Since I already did the tweets, I'll do them again. Christopher Diaz is back. The Diaz fallacy asks uh, when we get, when we turn back to the draft, which I'm doing through the question. What are your thoughts on D? D end. Are we happy with Misi, Odrick, and Vernon? Do we need to go D end over cornerback? What do you guys think at D end, and how do we address it, or do we go with Misi, Odrick, and Vernon? Uh, you want me to go first, or go the last one first so I can wait? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, the first thing is the age-old philosophy that um, – a great pass rush 
can make an average corner look great. Uh, a mediocre pass rush can make a fantastic corner look average. So you're going to have a lot of people who, who operate with that mentality, and they think, well, obviously you're going to put the, the pass rusher over the corner. I would say no to that this year because uh, – early on at least, because I think that if you're sitting at 12 and you've got a Desmond Trufant or Xavier Rhodes saying that like a premier corner who very much fits what we want to do at the position, I think you take that guy. I mean, you could have somebody drop. I don't think Deion Jordan's going to fall out of the top ten. I sure as hell don't think I'm coming out of the top ten. So I'm not sure. I know Demontre Moore will fall. I know a lot of people are down on him. Some people think second round for him now. Uh, I would rather get a, a lockdown corner type. And I think that those guys will be available there. I mean, Dean Milner, I think Dean Milner goes at five to Detroit, but that, that, that isn't a guarantee. Everyone thought that Dean Milner was a, a lot to go five to Tampa last year. How many how many mocks did you see more? Or yeah, Morris Claiborne going to uh, Tampa. Sorry, and uh, they weren't interested. It turned out. So uh, anything can happen, but I think that defensive end, if the right guy's there, suppose like we like Alex Okafor, and we're in the second round, and we're not really feeling the receivers, or we're looking around, uh, or somebody takes Gavin Escobar or it takes the tight end we want, then, yeah, pass rush becomes a, a big-time option. And uh, one guy that Duke kind of started bandwagon on was Dayton Jones out of UCLA, uh, who absolutely fits the, the Ireland size mold. Uh, versatile guy and certainly big enough to, to hold his own at defensive end. So there are a lot of things to consider. It really depends how the board falls. I'm someone, in this draft at least, who would want to take a corner over pass rusher but you're not going to hear me complain if we go the other way either. My thought process is on it. It's, it's kind of along what Keith was saying there about the corners. Is um, is that if you're sitting there at 12 and there's a guy like Rhodes or Trufant that you value there, uh, go ahead and take the cornerback because uh, number one, Miami was finishing the top ten in sacks last year. While we need some help across from Cameron Wade, we could still get to the quarterback. And we brought in uh, Wheeler and Ellerby uh, because they are more aggressive, and we're probably going to use them on more blitzes. So we're probably going to get more pressure that way. So the other thing about it is, uh, a second thing is, you've got you just brought back Starks, so you're going to have your you're going to have your same starting uh, same starting defensive line. So if you bring in a guy at twelve then, you know, unless it's a, a guy who you consider a raw prospect like Ricky Anza, who just devours quarterbacks anyway. And, uh, Keith, I think you need to post that video on the site. We'll do one of your draft profiles just so everyone else can see it and laugh. Um, it's funny in a good way. Um, but but uh, if there's a guy like that that you think, well, we can rotate him in. Otherwise, if you get a guy at 12, you're probably going to want to start the guy. Which means, you know, you're, you're, in my opinion, you're, you're wasting, not wasting the pick, but you're, you're using the pick wrongly, in that you could get a starting corner who's probably going to play more snaps than a defensive end who's going to play fewer snaps. The third thing is this draft is really, really deep at defensive end, so you can, given that we've already got starters established, and we've got a guy like Vernon 
who we drafted last year to be a situational pass rusher, and we brought in new linebackers um, who are going to be more aggressive in blitzing. It would be, in my opinion, more prudent to to hold off drafting the guy at 12 and going with the guy in the second or third round. Um, and, and, and because this draft is so deep at defensive men, you can probably still get a good pass rusher in the second round. Uh, and then at that point, you can rotate him in and use him however. So, yeah, I, I, I would rather use a, get a cornerback or a wide receiver or tight end or something else in the first round. Uh, it's going to get a little more usage than a pass rusher, in my opinion. Next question. Yep. Bring it on. Um, next question is another another Twitter. After Dansby and Burnett, should Patterson and Marshall be nervous? If you could sign one free agent cornerback at the right price, who and for how much? And that's from Brennan Emenheiser at BL Emenheiser. What was the question again? Okay, uh, do Marshall and Patterson need to be nervous after Dansby and Burnett were cut? And if you could sign one free agent cornerback at the right price, who would it be and how much? Well, I'll take this one first. I think they could, should be nervous. Um, however, um, I, those guys, you know, Dansby and, and Burnett, uh, number one, weren't exactly scheme fits uh, like um, Coyle wants them to be. Number two, those guys were in their 30s. Um, Patterson and uh, Patterson and Marshall are not long of the tube like that. So they're going to be uh they don't probably don't have to worry about, you know, the youth movement. Uh, Marshall has versatility as a safety, but the guys are, are slot uh, slot corners. They're nickel corners. So they have value there. So unless Miami just goes off and gives somebody a ridiculous contract, um and burn up all the remaining cap space or something, then I don't see the point of cutting them uh Right now, um, I, I think you have to wait until after the draft to see what see what you can pick up in the draft, and if you can pick up some good corners and they become uh, come excessive at that point, then then do it. Um, but right now, I don't necessarily see it. I could see them uh, redoing the contract for uh, Patterson to, to cut his deal down a little bit. But I mean, they brought in Marshall last year and he got hurt, but he's usually been a fairly healthy player, and he does have some versatility. And um, you know, I don't think they'll just—I don't think they'll just cut them for that. If there was one corner that I could find for the right price, even though I'm not a fan of this guy, um, I would bring back Sean Smith at the right price. Simply because he's familiar with the team, he's familiar with the system, he does have talent. He doesn't always display it, but. Um, you know, if you get him at the right price, then then you've got a good deal. Do we know where Sean Smith was on a plane to, or is he just like, did he tell the pilot to just fly around airspace until someone falls to the phone or something? Because I keep hearing that he did it with someone, and I don't I don't know who that is. I. I 
The best I've seen right now is I can't remember who did it. It was somebody on Twitter. Robbie asked on Twitter. Robbie at twenty one eighty four asked, uh, "What what's happened to uh, to Sean Smith? Wasn't he the hottest free agent at one point?" And somebody replied to him, and I miss I can't f- find who it was, but somebody replied to him with, "Yeah, he's out there visiting with imaginary teams." Well, there you go. I I feel like it, the ball is much in our court now because I I mean if Tampa's out, uh, you're seeing quarter or excuse me, cornerback needy tight needy teams, uh, not really showing a lot of interest towards that guy. So it, it's frustrating because the way he's built, he would be such a fantastic cross corner if he could get stronger and just kind of be able to, to loosen up his, uh, his turn. Because, I mean, like they, like Duke said, there is there is significant talent uh, with Sean Smith. And, and I mean, if we were able to, if we brought him in for the right price and we added Xavier Rose, you're talking about two very long uh, corners. And it's like, Sean Smith has good speed. Xavier Rose has very good speed. And uh, just outstanding length on both those guys. So, I mean, like, uh, in in a way, kind of somewhat similar to what they have going in Seattle. I mean, I know that that's a bizarre comparison, but in terms of length, we'd have that. In terms of talent, not so much with Sean Smith. I think Xavier Rhodes is that type of player. But I mean, yeah, I, the ball's in our court. If we want to, I think that if we want him back, I think we'll be, we'll be able to pull it off. I kind of feel bad for him. I thought that he was going to get free, big free agent dollars. You know, it's not that I really bought into what the media was putting out there. But I figured that someone would take a look at that guy's length and overall skill set and would look past the fact that he's just horrific when it comes to tackling and upper body strength, uh, short area quickness, um, ball skills. Uh, I'll I'll stop now. (laughs) I just posted um, a comment on the side, and I got it from Roto World. It says, Jason Cole... Yahoo Sports is reporting that the loan hang-up and the trade deal for Revis to Tampa Bay is the uh, most team is not willing to surrender the 13th pick. So apparently the Jets want the 13th pick as well as a second-rounder or a first-rounder in 2014, and the Bucks are only willing to give up their second-rounder this year or a first-round pick next year. Um, yeah. Uh, from all what I'm reading, it sounds like the only picks being thrown about there, so that's kind of interesting. But um, from everything I've read today, it seems like that, that whole Revis trade is kind of holding up the market. Like teams are just waiting to see what happens there, and then it's going to be like this mad rush to sign these guys. So um, I don't I, I don't know about all that, but. Hopefully, hopefully Sean Smith will see the light and decide to come back for a, a decent for a decent contract. Maybe it's a humbling uh, experience for him too. You know, Sorry, I didn't hear that. Maybe it's a humbling experience for him too. You think like, guess what? Now, now you're going to come back and work. So. Next question. I'm out of questions right now. I'm scouring. Um, how old well, is Ziggy Insa? 
What? Anybody know? How old is Ziggy? Ziggy Anza, I, I want to say it said he was born in '89. Uh, that's what I've seen. I don't know if that's if that's completely accurate, but I want to say that from what I've seen, it said he was born. I want to say it's like summer of 1989. That was one of the questions. I think he's immortal and he eats quarterbacks to survive. <laughs> we we will put this video up. He's right. Like you were, were you there, Kevin? We were we were just laughing at it. Yes, yes, you showed me that. Yeah, it's very much like it was like watching the Water Boy or watching some grown man play with children, <laughs> you know, on a football field where I mean he just is just dominating like little kids. It was funny. If a team makes an offer for Matt Moore, will the Dolphins do it? And what would be the price they would have to be from Frosty Thin Fan? Hmm. Well, I think when when we re-signed him, I said that uh, I'd like to get at least a three for him. I th- and I think, like, I'm being generous on that one. I, think I mean, the, can tell. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I mean, I wasn't saying anything, like, extraordinarily relevant. But I've heard, you, I've heard a lot of people call him the best backup quarterback in football. Yep. Which I, I, I was kind of a backhanded compliment, I suppose. But you think, like, I mean, that's got to have value to someone. I mean, like, think about all the teams out there who are, are uh, in the shape we used to be in when we used to, uh, you know, go after guys like A.J. Feely and all those morons. Um, yeah, you know, if I, were, if I were the Dolphins, I would wait until someone just got absolutely desperate. Um, and then I'll just fleece him. And I think if, you know, he's not going in the division, so it's not going to be Buffalo or, or the Jets or anybody like that. But you never know when some team out there who um, – and this quarterback draft is so weak um, that, you know, you've got guys that are probably third or fourth round prospects that could start this year. So if there's a team out there and someone gets hurt, and they're in, and, and they're thinking they're in the playoff hunt, and there's Matt Moore sitting there on the sidelines holding the clipboard. I think Miami could probably top a second round pick out of somebody, and uh, that would just be that would be amazing. I like Matt Moore. I'm glad he's a backup. Um, and there were a lot of people who were like, well, we shouldn't have signed him, you know. And I was all tweet today. It was like we could have had Reggie Bush for that money, which we could have had Reggie Bush anyway. We still got plenty of cap space, but. Um, I think that they're going to flip him for a pick at some point, and the offense is going, well, I can't believe we got that pick out of Matt Moore, and then Jeff Ireland's just going to <laughs> sit back and laugh. Seems like he's doing a lot of laughing right now. Speaking of laughing, <laughs> uh, not Dolphins related, but I'm reading stories that Cleveland's considering uh, moving on uh, in, in, or moving in a direction in which Brandon Whedon is not their long-term starter. Uh, do you think that's possible? Well, I mean, of course it's possible. Do you think that's likely? And how stupid do people look now for saying that Brandon Whedon is better than Ryan Tannehill? Uh, well, I think I think Whedon's got a chance to be a good quarterback. I think he's got the talent. Uh, I think the Browns are just stupid. Um, <laughs> because, uh, you know, I, I read something early uh, during, I think it was the tampering period, um, or right before that, whenever Matt Moore signed, that the Browns were interested in possibly trading for Ryan Mallett. 
And I was like, what? Um, so, I mean, it's the Browns' loss they cut him, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, he's he's an older player, but um, he's got the talent to improve. And, and I think once they get some talent around him, uh, he's going to show that. I think if you just keep switching quarterbacks every year, then um, – I think what will happen with them is trading him someone, getting like a fourth or fifth round pick, and then they're going to end up, he's going to end up being a solid quarterback down the road, and they're going to regret that. Uh, and they're going to end up with Ryan Mallett or somebody and regretting that too. So, I can't believe anyone would trade for Ryan Mallett. That depresses. Uh, the whole thing with, with Weeden seems like he's a pretty decent guy, and he's right. He's got, some, he's got great arm talent. Uh, it seems like the big knock on him right now, and it was the same knock he had against him at Oklahoma State, is his ability to handle pressure uh, in the pocket. So, I, I mean, that's something where if he, if he can go ahead and he can work with that and he can overcome that, I think he, he will become a viable starter in the NFL. I, he's got certainly the, the makeup to do it. But the way he handles uh, uh Pressure from a uh, oh, while in the pocket is a problem. I mean, I, I watched a couple of instances here, and I was like, "Wow, oh, you know, this isn't too bad." And I saw when they tried to put the clamps on him, and it's it, it's almost like watching a different guy. I mean, his footwork is suddenly not nearly as good, as accurate. He becomes very shaky. So those are those are certainly things he's going to have to work on. I feel bad for him in in uh, the sense that he gets there. I mean, a regime uses. I think he was about the twenty second pick. Used the 22nd pick on a guy who was viewed as a like a lot of people had a second or third round grade on him, and he comes out there and he's ready to prove himself, and then uh, the regime that drafted him gets the boot. And that that's something you you don't wish on anyone. I mean, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals and I hear that Cleveland is shopping Brandon Whedon, I absolutely trade what I need to to get him. He's better than anything they have on the roster, and Cleveland's dumb anyway for even thinking about trading him. And all we have to do is just throw the ball in the air, Larry Fitzgerald, and he's going to catch it. So, um, I mean, I, I think that's what I think that's what they should do. I, I don't know. I think Cleveland's going to end up being dumb and just cutting the guy, and then they're going to regret it. Do you think we'll we'll see more? Speaking of the Cardinals, do you think we'll see more of Michael Floyd this year? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Uh. Speaking of the Cardinals, do you think we will see more of Michael Floyd this year? Um, it, it's possible. Um, depends on, uh, I mean, it just depends. I mean, he's going to have to develop a little more, but I say they'll try to use him a little more. Um, they've got Arians out there now, so he'll probably he'll probably use him a little better than Wizenhut did. Of course, it's not going to matter if they don't have anybody throwing the ball. I mean, the best quarterback on the roster right now might be um, well, they got Drew Stanton or whatever they just signed. So yeah, it's pretty bad. Hey, a uh, couple things. We're probably getting close to the end of the show, but there's still time, guys. If you want to get in questions, either in the live thread, on Twitter, or give us a call at three four seven three two six nine four six one three four seven three two six nine four six one. Give us a call. We'll put you on the air and talk anything Dolphins you guys want to talk about. Uh, just reading, quick blurb. It's from Mike Florio over on PFT. Oh boy! Uh, apparently, sources and it looks like it's Mike Silver from Yahoo Sports sources. Oh, double! Oh boy! Yeah, but apparently, 
Brady is quote unquote beyond enraged that the Patriots <laughs> did not bring back Welker. A the source close to Brady told Silver, he's got so much pressures on, so much pressure on his shoulders now again. If the offense doesn't perform at a high level, they're screwed. This is unbelievable. It's hard not to feel like they've sold him out. Um, the source then says that Brady Brady's going to feel like he's been pierced in the heart because he did all that rework to bring up $15 million in cap space over the next two years, and the Patriots didn't use any of that to try to keep Welker. So apparently Brady's not happy. This does kind of have a feel of a Montreal screw job now. Yeah, yeah. Like the, you know where <laughs> you know Bret Hart gets screwed over and and then he ends up spitting in Belichick's face. Uh, all this other stuff. Here's here's my question, and I, I mean, this is just pure speculation. What do you think that there's a Jeff Ireland has the sense that I mean, with with the way things are going in New England, you know they, they're the receiver covered is, is the the most there it's been in in years. I mean, their their tight ends are really the only thing keeping those guys going right now. I think Ireland sees this and thinks that this is this is time for Miami to make it make its move to get back to the the top of the AFC. I, I think it is. I I really think it is. I mean, the Jets and the Bills are falling apart. Um, the Patriots are not going to be. The ten, ten AFC East champions in eleven years for much longer. So I think it is. I think the Dolphins are making the move now, and it sucks that we've had to suffer through these ten years. But you know what? Hey, tomorrow if we're winning, we're gonna forget about yesterday. That was almost deep right there. It was almost well. I, the way I would say it is, we don't have to. Uh, we don't have to live those games anymore unless you yeah. want to go watch them on YouTube or something. I mean, the thing is, I mean, we're in, in the present. We ju- we just picked up a, a high octane receiver, and last time I checked, we have a, a quarterback who might be someone who can do major damage before uh, before it's all said done. Are you telling me it. it's time to go get the "We just drafted his family" speech? No. Oh. Don't. Okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, another thing, we, we are getting close on time here. Um, another thing I wanted to uh, bring up is the Dolphins, in, in all of this, with all this big money flying around, obviously, everybody's trying to figure out what the Dolphins have left in cap space. And with the release of Dansby and Burnett, the team is saving money. But they designated them as June 1st cuts. And basically what it is, is in the CBA, a team can designate two players as June 1st cuts and cut them earlier. So they're off the team, but their salary stays on the books until June 1st. So right now there is no free agent or no uh, salary cap benefit from them being gone. That benefit will not come until June 1st. When it hits on June 1st, what that does is it allows the Dolphins to spread some of it into 2014. Now, it's only like $3 million that falls into 2014 total. So it's not – it won't have that great an effect on the uh, salary cap next year in dead money. But 
what it does is it lets the dolphins the dolphins will carry all this cap money until June first. On June first, all their base salaries and everything fall off, and essentially the dolphins get about ten ten to eleven million dollars in cap space on June first. People are out there trying to figure out why the Dolphins would do this, and I think it's absolutely brilliant the way they did it because now they can spend every single dollar they want. Nobody has to worry about it. They can spend all the way up to the, what, 128.3 or whatever it is with the five-point-something that they rolled over from last year. And so they can spend – They use they, that for the scrap picks. Or, exactly. Spend everything you want. That $10 million now becomes your draft pick money and your extra money to hold over for an injury or somebody just is horribly and you can do transactions in season. So I think the Dolphins have done this right. I think, I mean, they have to hold that money anyway. Why not just wait until June 1st and then let part of it fall into 2014? And, and actually, if they're topped out at the 128, the day that the draft happens, they can turn around and this won't happen, but in theory, sign all the draft picks next day because they can be over the cap right. before preseason, before the season starts, and then that other money kicks in, and they're fine, and then and, they'll still have additional money left. And remember, right now, it's only the top 51 contracts. So they will, yeah, have, exactly. 90 players, they will have 90 players on the roster, but only the top 51 contracts count. Once the season starts, they will have – all 53 contracts count against the salary cap. And then all of the players that are on injured reserve, the pup list, all that stuff, what they're paying them counts against the salary cap. And the um, practice squad players count against the salary cap. So now, granted, that's not a whole lot of money for, like, practice squad players, but you add it all up into the salary cap. So... But I do. I think that was a good We might not even be close to done. No. No. And from, I think it was Duke said it earlier, and then I think uh, Martin posted on it this morning that it's estimated the Dolphins still have somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to $20 million to go in the cap this year. So they do. They have a ton of space still. I don't know if they'll use it all, but they have a ton of space right now. Well, then that begs the question of, uh, if you know, are they going to use that toward lawn? I think that's part of it. I do. I think. I mean, I guess Smith could play into it. Maybe. I don't know. I really <laughs> want to get Keller. I don't mean to jump on a Keller bandwagon, but I, I do think that guy would be a superstar in our system. Sorry for laughing. Jason Scott just said, wow, June 1st cuts. It's so much better than the JPZ cut, uncut, recut, which, yep, yeah. it's true. <laughs> the Dolphins are sorry to get rid of that guy. They just cut him before they could. And they're like, yep. we hate you. Just go away. <laughs> we want to get reviews so bad. We're going to cut you, and we can't. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Cole. Um, Fithead just pointed out that, yeah, cutting Patterson is about a $6 million cap clearing move. He, he's he, I, I am surprised that he's still there. Well, he might not be for much longer. Yep. So do you, you think Jeff Island just gets it now? 
or do you think like because Darlington put out an article, and if you didn't put it up on the site, I will. Uh, Darlington put up that article about how this has been sort of a a transformation and a maturation for for Jeff Ireland in terms of being just a, a general a general manager in the NFL who's who's willing to trust his own instinct and do things his own way and not worry about doing it the way he learned under Bill Parcells. That's probably very true. I think I, I, I wouldn't doubt. Great, I it was think, a great article. I think that I mean I have not read it, so yeah. If you want to I'll do something it. with it on the site, I haven't read that, but I think it's I think it's a great point that part of it was he was held under Parcells and he had that Parcells mentality built into him. So even when he tried to make a decision, Parcells had the yes or no answer above him. So he never got to just do what he wanted to do. Then when Parcells left, I think part of it was, well, we already have a plan in place, so I need to start continuing to go along those routes. And then I think last year was really the, okay, if we're going to really turn this team around and we're going to go from Sperano to Philbin, I need to get rid of some of these contracts. I've got to get rid of some of this stuff. And that's what we saw last year. And at the time, it didn't make sense to us because all of a sudden Brandon Marshall's gone for second-round picks, and we're going, what just happened? But uh, I think – or, yeah, third-round pick, sorry. Second round was Vontae. Um, th- but that that's what I am I think it was. And just for the record, Mike Greenberg tweeted 14 hours ago, but I just saw it come up because somebody retweeted it. Um so far, most improved NFL teams in order, Chiefs, Dolphins, Bears. If Miami signs Dustin Keller, move them to number one. Oh, that's got to kill him. <laughs> for so Which, many reasons. I, I know he is a Jets lover, and I hate him for that, but I will say that the one thing I respect about him is he doesn't try to hide it. He tells you straight I wish up he's, he would. A Jet, he's a Jets fan, and – that's what he is. He's a Northwestern fan because that was his school, so he roots for them. And I think him doing that made it kind of okay for other – not necessarily like the guys sitting up in the booth, but like ESPN Sports Center type commentators or NFL Network type commentators to, go, to admit they have a favorite team. I mean, everybody does. If you're commenting on sports, you have a favorite team. Pretty sure of that. I wonder, I wonder if uh, which which of those guys are are Dolphins fans. I wonder which of the guys on NFL Network. Not that I mean the obvious ones. Obviously, if they have someone who we, who we haven't pissed off. I'm going with Jason Taylor for ESPN. Might be a Dolphin fan. Well, like I said, someone who we <laughs> haven't pissed off. Uh, so hey, Kevin, retweet that that you saw. Yep. Go ahead and retweet it so I can see it. <laughs> Where'd it go? I have to figure out which column it was in. Yeah, uh, we we've done we've done pretty awesome awesome work. Yeah, I'll put that article up. But it was just nice, just pointing out that uh, chasing Mike Wallace is something Bill Parcells never would have done. Mm-hmm. I mean that would that would have been out of the question for him. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you know, maybe maybe he's just kind of coming into his own, and it seems weird that because I mean, 
been with the team for quite a while, but maybe he's just now. I mean, he's, he's in terms of general manager, he's a young guy. So, I mean, maybe he's just now trying finding his own style. And, I mean, like, if that's the case in this year, then, I mean, he picked a hell of a time to find himself. Am I missing something? Which, yes. Yes. But there are, if you do a Twitter search for hashtag Dolphins, and I have it constantly up, so I keep track of what other people are saying or jump into people's conversations when they don't want me to. But uh, there are a lot of people that, as it goes by, really want the Dolphins to go after Kellen Winslow. Eh. Am I? I'd rather go after. I'd rather go after Kellen Winslow Senior than his kid. <laughs> I mean. Kellen Win there's a reason why Kellen Winslow keeps getting cut. I mean what what am I missing something there? No, he's he's an idiot. I just I don't understand it. I don't know. And not that I ever really had uh, a lot of respect for K two. But when with the whole uh high powered motorcycle thing when he was yep. doing wheelies at the at the Browns training facility or wherever he was. Yeah. That was pretty much it for me. I was like, this guy's an even bigger moron than I thought. And I like University of Miami players. LaRon Landry has signed a four-year deal with the Colts. Interesting. I, I enjoyed the Florio tweet that said the Dolphins signed. Uh, I think he said Donald Thomas or Daniel Thomas. He said Daniel Thomas, yeah. Yeah. And it was the Colts signing Donald Thomas. Yeah, and I was like, wow, way off on that one. Yeah, he he missed on that one too. There's a there's some big misses today from the reporters. Uh, I, 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 I saw a couple. Actually, I got Schechter pretty bad yesterday. I was uh, I saw a tweet from, from Adam Schechter said he heard from a source that Percy Harvin. Failed his physical and was heading back to Minnesota. And then I saw another tweet from someone that said Michael Vick had been traded for uh, um, uh, that running back, Darren McFadden. So, yeah, there was a bunch of crap on yesterday. So, yeah, this game yeah, of stuff just far from the course. I wouldn't trade a stick of gum for Michael Vick. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's that's positively. I mean, I remember when I heard that, I was like, "Damn, did Oakland get suckered on that one?" And then when I saw that it was just a shepherd, I was like, "Oh, never mind, we're good." You could you you could be the Dolphins and somehow end up with Marcus Vick on your team, right? Oh my! You know, when I think of Marcus Vick, I think when he he went out of his way to step on that one guy's hand. Yep. On the on the field when he was averaging attack. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. <sighs> There's something that uh, I question that Zag brought up uh, earlier in the post, and there were several comments on it, but um, he was wanting to know what round comp- comp- compensatory pick we will be awarded uh, for this year. And, of course, that won't be handed out yet, but it's interesting to note that I think what I've read on that, it's like a really complicated formula or something. Yeah, it is, and nobody but, actually knows what the real answer is. But I think it's based off of contract size. So the only major free agent we signed last year was Richard Marshall, and the two we, the two that left were Heaney and K 
Kendall Langford. So I think Kendall Langford's contract could be yeah. large enough to warrant a fourth round, um, fourth from, round compensatory pick. From what I have seen, there, there's. I, I wish I had the link. I don't know what it is. There's a website out there that um, that they they've been fairly accurate with trying to predict what the what the NFL will do. And it is. It's a big, huge, long formula that nobody's ever actually seen. It takes the size of the contract that a team signs from your player, figures out how much playing time they had, and then you have weird things like injured reserve. One guy on injured reserve won't get a compensatory pick for him, while the next guy will. So there's weird things in there that throw things off. But what they basically do is they take all the free agents you lost. It can't be people you cut. It's people you lost because their contracts expired. They go out there. They sign with another team. Then the team. Then the NFL looks at everybody you signed. So if you signed somebody for $5 million a year, that will negate a $5 million a year signing that somebody else made from you. If nobody made it, it goes down to $4 million, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, your biggest contract signed will negate or will be negated by so on and so forth. I hope that makes sense. In the end, right now, it looks like Langford is the guy that's going to get us a pick, and that website says it's going to be a third. Wow. So I was, they said, I was kind of expecting a fourth. They said that there, there's, one, there's one player in the league somewhere that went on injured reserve that if he manages to – get a compensatory pick, it could bounce the Dolphins either into getting none or getting a fourth. But right now, that website, and I wish, like I said, I wish I could remember what the link was, but uh, they apparently are saying a third for the Dolphins. We'll see if it works. If we somehow come out of this with a third-round compensatory pick, that'll be six picks in the first three rounds. Given that and the free agency we just had, I mean – can we just change Jeff Ireland's name to Scrooge McDuck at this point? <laughs> because that's what it's like. He's just, I mean, he's like hes like running his own rap video. He's just, you know, throwing money, making it rain, like you said. It's, it's, that's just ridiculous. That's the only word you can have for it. It's just ridiculous. Even a fourth-round pick, but still, I mean, that's, you're talking seven picks in the first four rounds. That's just that's just nasty. With, with and, and already had four, four signings and more to come. Yeah, it's just not fair. Landry's deal looks to be four years, six million per, with fourteen million guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh god, that's just that's just getting even funnier. You know, everybody was all talking about how. Uh, was it Grigston? Was this hot up and coming GM because he signed Luck and got T.Y. Hilton and those tight ends and everything? Like, oh, this guy's gonna be great! And then he just goes out this free agency period and just takes a dump. I mean, seriously, he overpaid Walden, overpaid Gosser, Chairless, and now this. Everyone, everyone applauds his ability to draft Andrew Luck with the first overall pick. <laughs> And that's pretty much what it is. I mean, I agree. You know what's you know what's bad. I was watching NFL Network today, 
and they were picking winners and losers from day one, and they were talking about teams who they did things they really liked. Uh, Scott Pioli picked the Colts as the team he really liked. I was like, yeah, and there's your kiss of death. <laughs> we need a five technique with the third overall pick. I'm uh, I'm scrolling through real quick through the um, live thread and seeing if there's any questions, but it doesn't look like it. So I think we'll go ahead and say goodnight to everybody. So James, Duke, Keith, thank you guys for coming in, hosting the show with me. I know that you guys are here most weeks, but really, thank you. Uh, Ohio, thanks for calling in. Everybody in the live thread and on Twitter today, Thanks. Keep it up. We'll be back next week doing this again. So be back with us next week. We'll also be here Friday night. Um, uh, Well, we might be here Friday night. i got to talk to these guys. But we might be around Friday night for our Google Hangout. I'll be here. I I may not be. Or I I won't be. So we we have to figure out if you guys want to do it. And... I know you guys have already done it without me, so I know it can be done, but I just thought about the fact I won't be here Friday night. Are you going but, to my ball at the party? No, I have a um, scout camp out with my son this weekend. True. So, uh... Just, you know, Wi-Fi hot-spotted. <laughs> you'll be fine. But, um, so... Are you going, are, if you... If you're go, if you're going to a to a state park, they've got the wireless there. I'm not. We're going out into. It's actually part of the training areas out here on Fort Hood. It's towards the recreation area, but it's out like in the training areas. So, Kevin is uh, going to kill bear. I am with my bare hands. Ah. <laughs> so okay, so these guys will be here for the Google Hangout show on. Friday night, make sure you guys stop by there. We'll have a live thread up again, and you can hang out with them. So, everybody, thank you very much. The Dolphins had a crazy day. Hopefully this podcast got some of that craziness across and gave you guys our thoughts on it. And everybody have a good night. Good night. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher.
You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.